Howdy, folks. Hey, how are you going? Yeah, I'm all right. Welcome to another episode of Season 11. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And we are the voices behind Seinfeld Podcast, but I don't want to be a secondary character. And this is one of our few bonus podcasts that we bring out. Right at the moment, we do it for our Patreon subscribers only. It is called Season 11, and we get episodes of Seinfeld set in the modern era, but uh, we don't just take ones from the internet and claim it for ourselves. We actually come up with the plots and the stories and the arcs and some new and old secondary characters we actually do the whole thing yeah we are amateur scriptwriters. <laughs> yeah that's it we, we were like jerry and george in the pitch in uh, season four of seinfeld you know we yeah. were uh, Stephen. you know Stephen would come over and then you know we'd try and come up with the first line and then Stephen would say you want to go get coffee and you know we're like yeah sure and then we we're away for like three hours and then we come back and try again you know and uh, it took so long and we eventually wrote 10 scripts <laughs> or just about 10 scripts the ultimate <laughs> procrastination absolutely absolutely anyway today's episode uh, episode three of of season 11 is the lopsided wig and uh, of course the characters today the main four as we all know a uh, newman he makes an appearance on this episode and he makes his debut in season 11 he was quite prominent in season 10 in a few episodes and other secondary characters for today are elaine's son's nanny bernadette an app developer that kramer and newman try to get an app developed for and uh, pierre who is jerry and george's limo driver in the first scene or the first couple of scenes of this episode that's right so, uh, yeah, let's get on with it. Let's do it. Brief synopsis of the lopsided wig. George and Jerry go to the Les Miserables premiere before they slip up during the show. Elaine bears the full brunt of her nanny's issues resulting from Jerry's actions. And Kramer and Newman pitch an idea for an app that scares animals away when postal workers deliver their items. <laughs> Elaine is heading home after another hard day at work. She's on the phone to Jerry saying that the acting CEO Stephanie is giving her a really hard time in the office. Jerry is at a restaurant with George waiting for their limo to take them to the Broadway premiere of Les Miserables. And Elaine says, She keeps laughing at me and making me do all these silly errands that an acting second in charge shouldn't be doing. It's driving me insane. Jerry says, You know what they say, more money equals more responsibility. So uh, you going to Les Miserables with George? Wish I could go. But my nanny isn't feeling well, so I have to look after Brandon. Where's Putty? Uh, he's out of town at the Germaphobes Anonymous annual meeting. You can't get another nanny or babysitter to look after him? Bernadette is the only nanny that can handle Brandon. You know how wild he can get. Oh, I sure do. You know he owes me a new sports jacket? Grapefruit juice is really hard to remove from polyester. Jerry says that Kramer can't come either as he's busy with Newman trying to come up with an idea for an app. He hangs up and talks to George about having his phone on airplane mode when seeing a movie or show. George says, Why do I need to kill the signal while I'm watching a theatre performance or a movie? What if something important comes up? We're not even sitting in an airplane while we're watching it. Trust me, you don't want an interrupter like a notification or an unimportant text while you're immersed in the art form. It changes everything. I don't want to be watching the climax of a gripping drama and then get a notification for 30% off underwear at JCPenney Online. It ruins the experience. Yeah, you're right, Cherry. I hate the interrupter. Uh, <laughs> look, I'll give it a try. George is very excited to see the show and go there in a limo. Jerry wonders as wonders why, rather, as he usually tags along with him to premieres. Oh, Jerry, I just love the smell of the leather interior. Oh, it gets me going every time. I just hope we don't see Bradley Cooper there. Remember what happened last time? Oh, you mean with the drone? Yeah, I remember it vividly. Jerry gets a text saying that the limo is coming to pick them up for the show. 
Kramer and Newman are in the pool house coming up with app ideas. Newman queries why Kramer only has one computer and one iPad instead of his previously large inventory from a few weeks ago. Kramer says, The Russians. They come up with some ideas which all fall flat. Kramer suggests something to do with the postal service. Newman says, Ha! No way! No one wants a postal service app on their phone. It would never catch on. George and Jerry are at the premiere enjoying the show. Jerry notices that a wig of one of the actors on stage is a bit lopsided. George spots it as well and starts laughing quietly. This is unbelievable. Why hasn't anyone picked up on that yet? (laughs) Well, the show must go on. They both laugh quietly during a very sad part of the performance. A patron sitting behind them takes out his phone and takes photos of them. They email the photos to their editor with the title, Is Jerry Seinfeld (laughs) anti-French? Elaine is sitting on her couch as she hears her son Brandon yelling and breaking things in his room. She is too tired to try and reprimand him. She starts to fall asleep as her phone starts ringing. One of her colleagues says that a rival news site has a breaking story about Jerry which has just gone online. Elaine is sent the link to the article and is horrified when she reads it. Yikes. After putting his phone back online after the show, Jerry is bombarded with social media messages and emails about his mistimed actions as they're walking to the limo. George finds the article that Elaine was told about and he is shocked and upset. Somebody probably saw us laughing at the wig and thought we were laughing at the characters. We're going to be destroyed on social media. They enter the limo. George is very restless while Jerry is extremely calm. George, it's the year 2020. There's always clickbait articles floating around that are untrue. George reminds him of what happened in the 90s when they were outed by that student journalist at NYU. Now everyone has the internet. These kinds of stories are sent everywhere, Jerry. And they're sent around the world within seconds, Jerry. Seconds! People are tweeting to Jerry saying that he hates French people and even humanity itself, with some calling for him to be cancelled. Oh, geez, how appropriate for these times, eh? Even their French limo driver Pierre opens his back window to mock them. So, Jerry, you think that what happened to my ancestors is a joke, huh? Pierre, it's not like that. Get out, both of you. Out, out now, out of my limo. The next day, Newman is doing his postal rounds, grinning at the hate that Jerry is getting online. He enters a gate to deliver mail before a big dog growls at him. Easy now, big fella. He tries to calm the dog down before running off, and the dog chases after him. He loses the dog and calls Kramer about what happened. Kramer has a light bulb moment and says that he has the perfect app idea for postal workers. I've got it! How about an app which scares animals away during postal runs? I'm happy with anything that gets these sniveling creatures away from me. They're disgusting. He tells Newman that he will set up a meeting with a developer that Lomez Lomez knows. That Lomez, he owes me a big favor. George and Jerry are at Elaine's house talking about the news article from the night before. Jerry asks Elaine if she was aware of the article, and Elaine says that she was sent the article as soon as it was published. George is freaking out in case his parents read it, as he is also named in the story. Why would they care if they thought you were anti-French? Oh, it's not the anti-Frenchness that's a problem. They've always wanted me to leave a legacy in something, and I've always failed them, as I've done nothing of note in my life. This article is what I'll be remembered for. That's a shame. 
Hey, Elaine, isn't Brandon's nanny French? Uh, Bernadette? Yeah. She's, uh, you know, she's very proud of her heritage. She'll be here mm-hmm. in any minute. And, uh, I hope she hasn't read the article. Bernadette enters the house and is shocked when she sees Jerry and George. She asks Jerry why he was laughing during a sad scene in the show. Jerry, George, you should both be ashamed of yourselves. You know us French people are very proud of where we come from. I'm very, very hurt. Jerry says that this is a complete misunderstanding. We weren't laughing at the characters, Bernadette. One of the actors had their wig on lopsided, and it looked funny. I don't believe you, Jerry. You are anti-French. He receives a call from his publicist and Jerry explains what happened. They start trying to come up with ideas on how to make this misunderstanding go away. (laughs) Kramer and Newman are with the app developer in their home office discussing their app idea. The developer is probing the duo on reasons for the app being developed, considering that it would only be for postal workers. This app has the potential to revolutionise the industry and speed up the parcel delivery process. Yes, and as a postal worker myself, I've been looking forward to something like this to aid me in my daily duties. I believe that this will be a hit at the USPS and beyond. Despite their reasoning, the developer is not interested in going ahead with it. Mm, I don't know. Doesn't sound like it'll be popular. Now come on, Lomez owes me a favor. He said that you're very open to app ideas. I'm only interested in apps that will have the potential for uh, a large reach. This app idea just um, doesn't cut it. You could just make loud noises to scare animals away, right? You are nothing but a charlatan, an odious trickster of the highest order. Kramer and Newman begin yelling just before the developer's dog enters the room and barks at them. I think we're done here. I suggest you both leave. They get up and briskly leave the office in fear. Bernadette is constantly complaining about what Jerry did at the show to Elaine as they're having tea in Elaine's living room. How can you be friends with someone so bigoted like him? He is a terrible, terrible man. Elaine tries to reassure her that it was a complete misunderstanding and it was blown out of proportion. Bernadette goes on to explain that her father was a French actor who was an understudy for the main character Jean Valjean in the very first performance of Les Miserables in Paris back in 1980. My father, she, he put so much effort into the role and he was able to connect to the plight of our ancestors Elaine. He sadly passed away a few years later and while he never got to play Jean on stage, the character meant everything to him. It sounds very interesting, Bernadette. But, you know, he was only the understudy. <gasps> That's it. You'll have to find another nanny for that devil son that you have. She makes her way to the front door. Bernadette, please come back. You're the only nanny he doesn't bite. Listen to me. Bite! (laughs) George walks into a French bakery to grab some croissants when the shopkeeper stops him. He asks George why he and Jerry were laughing during Les Miserables. I know it looked like I was laughing at the characters, but I was actually laughing at one of the actors with their lopsided wig. I do not believe you. I'll have to ask you to leave. George says that he loves their croissants and he won't be able to find any as good in the city. The shopkeeper dismisses this and asks him again to leave. Bernadette walks into the store and spots him. She starts berating George for what he's done. George runs out of the shop quickly. (laughs) These croissants are terrible! Kramer, Jerry, George and Elaine are sitting in Jerry's living room talking about what happened to each of them. 
Well, uh, I was refused service by three other patisseries before I got these. They didn't recognize me from the article. Yeah, these are no good. I thought that me and Newman were going to get mauled by that big dog, Jerry. I'm never going to help Lomez again. Elaine complains about what Bernadette said about her father and how offended she was by Jerry and George's actions. So we never got the chance to perform in front of an audience? Not a chance. Jerry gets a call from his publicist as they talk about the raw end of the deal that understudies have. He says that he has emailed Jerry a letter of apology to release as a statement to his website and social media pages. Jerry reads it and is happy with the wording. He tells the publicist to go ahead and upload it. He is shocked at how big this story has become. Elaine asks if he and George can meet with her and Bernadette over coffee to clear up the mess. She says that Bernadette will come back as Brandon's nanny if this is done. You can't get a nanny as patient as her. Brandon doesn't throw wooden spoons at her like the others. Uh, if this will help get her back, then we'll come along. I'm sure she bought those croissants from there when I saw her. Make sure she has those when we arrive. Kramer says that he's going with Newman to the developer again to try and get him to change his mind after Newman texts him again saying that another dog attacked him during his postal run. Oh boy, this animal noise app will be a goer. Oh! Jerry, George, Elaine and Bernadette are at Elaine's house. They have cleared up the situation which satisfies her. Jerry tells her about his statement which he has posted online saying sorry to the French community. The nanny goes to get coffee she brewed as well as croissants from the patisserie George had troubles in. Elaine is ecstatic over the fact that Bernadette has forgiven Jerry and George. Phew. George receives a news notification which says that the NFL is considering having a New York Giants regular season game played in Paris next year. Do they even play football in France? <laughs> I could see the French looking at the game and thinking, This is terrible. Why do they wear helmets? They are not tough. And why does that ball look like a croissant? The three of them start laughing out loud as Bernadette is standing in the doorway with the plate full of refreshments. She's disgusted as she places the plate down on top of a set of drawers and yells at them. So it is true. You really are anti-French. Even you, Elaine. Now you will definitely need to find a new nanny for your devil's son. She abruptly leaves as Elaine tries to convince her to stay. Bernadette, please, please come back. Brenda doesn't spit me a drink like he does with the others. Jerry and George start eating the croissants as Elaine is sitting on the couch with her head in her hands. Mmm, say la vie. Kramer and Newman are waiting in the developer's office as he comes in to greet them. After reflecting on your app idea, I think that while it won't be adopted universally, it will be very useful in postal services. I have something to show you. He shows them a rudimentary version of the app which impresses the duo. Newman asks how much money they could make from this. The developer laughs and says that if this app has legs and postal services from all over the world decide to sign up, they could make quite a bit. This makes them both gleeful. I'll just go get some paperwork for you to both sign and uh, we can start developing it. The developer leaves the office momentarily as he leaves his as he leaves rather his dog enters the office. This time it is placid and not aggressive like before. He jumps up to Kramer who pats him. Oh, hey buddy. The dog goes to Newman. He yells at it to go away. These vermin are a scourge on our society. Compulsory euthanasia for the entire species would make my life much easier. 
The developer hears this as he walks back in and is shocked. He tears up the paperwork and tells them that the deal is off. They're arguing as the dog begins to become aggressive again. This time Newman tries to stand over the dog to assert his dominance, but after a couple of warning snarls, the duo run off with the dog chasing them in tow. Looks like we need to come up with a new idea! Newman looks behind him and shrieks. The episode ends with a scared look on Newman's face as the dog is about to jump up and attack him. And that was uh, season 11, episode 3. Man, that was uh, that was a tough one to get through with all the accents and stuff. Yeah, we had to stop a few few times and uh, make sure our accents <laughs> were at least kind of on point. Mine, mine uh, off recording started to veer into German a bit. So uh, yeah, I had to, uh, had to, re- uh, to uh, reference a YouTube video just to get my French back on uh, back on track. I said to you off air as well that if I knew that your German accent was pretty good, which it is, I would have swapped Les Miserables with maybe the producers and then put in a German nanny instead of a French one, just interchange it. Well, my German accent is more like a stereotype of like a cool Berlin person. So, you know, maybe we can yeah, have a cool right. Berlin person in future episodes of what's it called? Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Anyway, if you want to reach out to us, send us an email, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. We are on social media at bidwabask, and uh, we've written about six episodes by this by the time this episode comes out, and we have ideas for uh, future ones, but if you have any ideas, feel free to let us know. We'd love to incorporate them into the episodes. If you have like a Seinfeldism of your own or something in the minutiae of life that's happened to you and you think that'll be a good inspiration for a future episode, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, that would be very cool. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Ivan. And und ich bin uh, Wolfgang. <laughs> He's Stephen. And uh, we'll see you next week for Bidwell Bask and another episode of Season 11. Take care. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen.